Welcome back to another episode of the Go-To-Market Mastery Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about buying external leads with Johan Sloos. Let's go enjoy the episode. If you can't learn how to close, you better start thinking about another career. And I am deadly serious about that. The reason for the call today, John, is something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. If you have 60 seconds, I'd like to share the idea with you. Hello, Johan. Good morning, Alexander. Good morning. How are you? I am good, although I'm uh, calling from a very rainy Netherlands. From a ra- rainy Netherlands, I'm calling mm. back from a for, from a rainy Berlin as well. It's <laughs> the summer is over almost, um, but uh, yeah, sales is going on. Sales is staying hot, and we had a chat last week where you told me that you are relying pretty much about external lead sources or on external lead sources, and I was really, really, really excited about that topic. Um, and I'm really excited to go into that topic a bit deeper today, but before it would be great if you could start by introducing yourself a bit, a little bit and, uh, share a bit more about your past roles and why you work in sales. Sure. Um, well, as you can tell, I'm a bit older, I've been in sales for, for a long time. It's probably, um, if I say 25 years, it's not even, it's probably more. Um, but anyway, um, so I've been in sales. I was fortunate enough to start sales in a computer company called Gateway 2000. Uh, so that's where I learned uh, my first real sales. Uh, and that was selling uh, computers over the phone, which was a revolution 25 years ago. Um, I'm saying it because <laughs> it, it really taught me, you know, it was B2C sales. So it taught me how to, you know, question people around their needs and uh and it's something you know you never forget um and after that i uh, did many 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 things but basically all around tech so i've stayed you know from it into any kind of form of uh, tech sales big ones ibm oracle small ones uh go one plural site or smaller ones uh and like i said i had my own company for about five years doing an e-commerce platform for loyalty business and doing sales consultancy um, and in the past few years, I worked with Go One, an Australian e-learning company, uh, to create their presence on the European continent. Um, at the moment, I'm working uh, with a startup, a Swiss startup, to get them uh, onto the market. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Mm. Um, and so you personally have seen, like you said, a lot in sales. So in short, how do you personally approach sales? I think... For me to to stay, you know, to stay relevant in sales, uh, there's uh, the main thing you need is 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 keep on being curious, right? I think for me, that's the main characteristic. It's always a difficult word for for any for any seller, right? If you if you're not curious, if you're not willing to go deep and figure out things, whether it's in the conversation with the customer or preparing yourself for a conversation with a prospect or a customer. It's, it's just never going to work, right? Um, uh, it, it always falls down then to, you know, pushing your product or your service or whatever. So um, I'm, I'm naturally curious. I love, you know, finding out what, you know, moves someone, uh, whether it's a private conversation or a, a professional conversation, and, and that helps. 
Uh, and the other thing is if you want to, you know, stay, you know, whatever, into the game or ahead of the game, uh, you need to keep up to date with with everything that's that's new into sales, right? It's in, in, insane the kind of, you know, the amount of tools we have nowadays to support your sales functions. Um, and, it, and I would I even maybe argue that all those tools are absolutely great, uh, but sometimes they take over, you know, the, the kind of, personal conversation that you should be having and not rely just on the tools to get you uh, to get you your quota or your sales or in the end it's not so much about getting your quota right it's about providing a service or product that makes the customer happy and and because of all the technology sometimes that's that's forgotten because that's the simple thing you do in sales right you you're not just there to make your quota you're there to make a customer happy with uh, with your product yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an amazing way to view it. But the topic today is another one. Yeah, It's external leads or leads in general. So you personally told me that you are betting pretty much on external leads when you work as a head of sales. So could you say why you personally do that and where did this came from? Yeah, sure. So to provide some context, it's um, so we're talking about buying external leads, uh, which you know you could argue. So, are you saying you should not have SDR teams or BDR or whatever you call them? Uh, not entirely. Uh, however, um, as you could see, so just to practical over the past few years, a few things happened, right? So, uh, economy was going super, super great. Uh, companies were growing like mad, uh, a lot of startups, a lot of scale-ups, uh, money was there in abundance. So a lot of investments were done in creating massive SDR teams, right, uh, to fuel growth. Um, and by now, I think a lot of companies figured out that just fueling growth um, and not taking care of profit is not the way forward. Um, so... Okay, so that's one aspect. Um, and the other aspect is the actual quality of leads that you add to your pipeline that are uh, brought in uh, into the pipeline by by SDRs is, is, in my opinion, definitely not very great. So what's, what's the alternative, right? So the alternative is to work with, in my view, with specialized company that can provide high quality leads. So not in high volume, because why would you have an SDR team? Usually because you have high volume of leads. So again, go back a few years ago, economy is going great, people buying everything that's that's left, right, and center. So the volume of leads can be high, both inbound, but also created outbound um, by, by those SDRs. Uh, but, but once it gets a bit more complex, the market is a bit more difficult, suddenly you see that SDRs are not performing anymore and you need to rely on other uh, sources. And in my view, working with companies that are truly specialized in uh, providing high-quality, digitally created leads is uh, is a way forward. Um, and one, obviously, it's, it's very obvious, is that uh, SDRs are super expensive. Uh, something else that I would argue is that uh, there is a high burn rates because of SDRs. Like usually, and this is nothing against the persons themselves, right? But usually SDRs are young. They're not so experienced. Uh, you pay still often a lot of money for your leads and then you give them to inexperienced people. They get the first contact with the customer. I don't want to quote the head and shoulder shampoo, but you know what I mean, right? It's the first point of contact <laughs> yeah. with, uh, with, with yeah. a customer. 
and then it often fails because the customer doesn't quite understand what the value proposition is. Uh, so, you know, the SDR falls back to, oh, maybe do you want a meeting with somebody who does know what's what's happening or maybe you want a demo or trials or even, you know, even worse. Um, so you burn, your burn rate uh, via SDRs is high. Um, and what I've also, no, also noticed in the past few years is that uh, pipe keeps on going up. That's, uh, that is created by SDRs and quality. So the conversion rates are going down all the time. Yeah. So, so, you yeah. end up, so that creates a massive amount of work for AEs as well, because they need to follow up on the leads, spend time with customers that are probably never interested in the first place. Uh, mm. However, they do keep them in their pipeline, uh, hoping and wishing and whatever. But if, if, if the start is not correct, the AE is just correcting and trying to convince the, the prospect anyway to continue the sales cycle. Uh, and usually it just leads to nowhere. Ending that, you know, that usually if you look at the contribution of uh, large SDR teams is definitely less than 10%, but some, most of the times even less than 5% of conversion into uh, into closed one deals, right? So that's, that is, if you, yeah. if you look at the cost to create that, it's, it's no good. So back to using external companies. Um, so they are specialized. They, if, if they do a good job, they understand what, you know, your ICP is, what you're after. They also understand your sales process, so they understand how leads are being followed up. In my case, I would argue that if you create less leads, but they're of higher quality, so you're willing to also to pay a little bit more, uh, the AE should follow up on those leads, not the um, not SDRs. So AEs with you know better understanding of the prospects, better understanding of the industry, better understanding of the product or the service that you provide. So the first initial contact is either immediately we have, you know, we have an opportunity here, or we don't, right? So you can immediately also dismiss those that are not interested or not uh, buying actively at the moment, and you don't uh, uh, create opportunities into your pipeline that will never uh, become uh, um, one one opportunity. So, um, yeah, and and my experience with that is just, you know, is 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 positive. Um, so there's a there's a cost saving on the side of not having big SDRs teams, and there's a, a profit and and uh, a better customer experience because that's the other argument I would make. Uh, you're not burning as as many prospects uh, with quality AEs. So even if a prospect talks to an AE and they both find out that at this time it's no point in continuing discussion, which I would always argue that AE should always leave that door open and say, hey, uh, there's a chance that, that there is no fit. Let's still stay friends and maybe meet in the future when the opportunity yeah. is there again, right? And and that that's just the approach I think you should have. So it's cost, So in the end, it's, it's being customer-centric that drives me to external leads. You create a better experience. You have AEs that are more focused on actual opportunities uh, higher quality leads, um, and yeah, this is, I think, uh, the way I look at it. Yeah, that's, I think, a, a great explanation. So, I think, in general, you would say that it is basically a critique to this setter closer SDR AE model. Yeah, mm. um, and I absolutely agree with that, and I think that the future will be even more full cycle sales people, and I'm a fan personally a full cycle sales because I think SDRs often make AEs lazy. Yeah. 
And um, I think I read a statistic that less than 7% of AEs that do self-prospecting are cold calling. Yeah. And that's yeah. not, not a lot. Yeah. Um, but before I would say we go a bit deeper into that, what I would like to do is I would like to define what you see as a lead because, you know, mm -hmm. there are marketing qualified leads, there are sales qualified leads, and even a sales qualified lead and a marketing qualified lead are seen different in various companies. So what would you say? What are you exactly buying from those companies? Are you buying marketing qualified leads? Are you buying sales qualified leads? And um, how do you define a marketing or sales qualified leads? Lead? No. Excellent question. Um, so, uh, first of all, in general, marketing-created leads convert better than than uh, than sales-qualified <laughs> leads. And I'm talking about SDRs now, right? So, if SDRs to the yeah. outbound, uh, or okay, or they are inbound leads, so marketing-created leads that go via an SDR. Still, I would argue, unless you have a high volume. Why would you use SDRs, right? If yeah. Low volume, uh, you can make it part of the of to your points to this full sales cycle of an AE. But okay, let's say uh, even if it goes if it's in, inbound and it goes by an SDR, the conversion will still be better than just simply the the outbound uh, the sales qualified uh, leads created by outbound activities from an from an SDR team. So these are pure facts, right? Figures you can see it in your pipeline. So uh, you need to regard the cost of uh, every lead that that's created. So um, and this is the point, right? The marketing created leads uh, nowadays, they, they are so sophisticated that, ha so you and me, we are so used as, as private people to uh, decide for much of the, anything that you buy, much of the sales cycle is, is, is what you like doing yourself, right? You investigate, you look, you understand, you read and whatever. And this is in B2B not very different, right? People um, and all have their expertise. And uh, let's say I, I'm an e-learning. And these people are experts in L&D and they are trying to be constantly up to date what's going on the market, what companies are out there, whatever, right? They follow LinkedIn. So they know their stuff. It's not like, you know, you don't, you can't treat them like people that are not aware of what's going on. And this is what you constantly see in a lot of outreaches created by, um, by both SDRs and even by maybe poor marketing companies, right? Uh, yeah. Stupid questions on, you know, would you like to increase your pipeline? Well, okay, honestly, you think, well, well, you know, like the obvious. So of course, that you think, you know, again, this is something that is not going to be of any value because it's the, it's too much of an open door. It doesn't, you know, show me any any value add. Um, so, uh, but there is definitely marketing or uh, let's say uh, lead gen companies out there that do it in a more specific way, whereby the the person that uh, so it's it's essentially and we all know this it's it's providing it's more providing information insights that helps them in their decision making process. So that that's the first step, and they do it in a way that people don't feel that uh, that somebody else is taking over. No, still within their control, and this is important. We all like that. We all like autonomy. We all like you know to feel that we made a certain decision ourselves. Okay, so yeah. this is it. So the smart companies do yeah. it that way, and that's a great marketing qualified lead mm. yeah cool thank you so much so i personally i never ever bought an any external lead yeah, yeah. never so I would feel very, very uncomfortable now buying one. So I first thing I would do is probably reach out to you and say, Hey, 
do you know any companies or what do you need to look at? Yeah. If I am in industry X or Y, so how do I even approach this if I never bought any external leads? Yeah. Uh, so it, good question. And I had to figure this out uh, myself as well, right? Because you, um, there rough, roughly there is, you know, there is, I would maybe, let's say there's, there's two kinds of companies, right? You have, you have marketing agencies, and a lot of companies work with large marketing agencies, and within those marketing agencies, they have people that uh, that are responsible then for specific lead gen. But they're not only doing lead gen; of course, they also do events and they, whatever, right? The whole uh, <laughs> marketing mm-hmm. cycle. Yeah. Okay. So my experiences with those companies are definitely not very positive. Super expensive leads. Uh, yeah. The expertise in those companies is, you know, it's usually they 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 run behind the trend of what's happening in the market. Um, that they're they're probably not disruptive enough, right? They so um, it's almost like you know they are they are trying to figure it out themselves as as we speak. Um, it's like you know if I ask my teams to use outreach to do you know sequences to prospects, it's as that's almost as rubbish uh, because mm-hmm. you know most of the times, and I'm talking about more complex sales cycles here, right, or complex services or solutions. Uh, it's super hard for an, an average seller to figure out what words to use to raise interest with a prospect, right? And, and then mm-hmm. and every company uses outreach and they all say, oh, no, come more, do more, more, more is better. No, we don't know more is not better because it's the same rubbish words going out to more prospects. Yeah. Uh, it potentially gives a few more leads, but the leads will be of low quality because people just don't understand what you're talking about or they, or they just neglect it in the, in the, in the first place. So what I found is that if you look at smaller companies um, that are working on niches, right? So you need to be very particular about, so what is your service and are they experienced in your specific area of uh, of expertise or your industry that they're working in? Um, do they understand, you know, uh, or do they still need to talk to you for weeks to understand your product? No, you need somebody that has already built up expertise in your specific arena uh, so they understand your sales process, right? You cannot just generate leads uh, and not understand how these are being followed up uh, because it's not in their interest, right? Suppose, let's say you, for yourself as a company, you decide I can create quality leads, but you don't understand the sales process of your of your customer. It's not going to work because the customer will say, hey, the leads are not converting. Your your leads are rubbish. Although you know mm. as, a, as, a, as a marketing company or a lead gen company that your leads are actually of high quality. So to avoid that, you need to you need to find a company that has genuine interest in understanding you, your product, your sales process, and how can they align with it and deliver you high quality uh, mm. quality leads. Um, <clears throat> a trial is often difficult because you know, uh, Alexander, it's going to take she before yeah. the first leads come in. It's four to six weeks usually. It, it takes a build up, maybe a few in the beginning, and then the message starts landing and you adjust. It's A/B testing and. And then you see, you know, hopefully the amount of leads going up, but more hopefully you see the see the quality of the leads going up, right? It's not yeah. necessarily. Yes. So I never, I never look for if I never trust companies that say, "Are oh, we going to deliver you hundred leads a month?" You know, you're mm-hmm. like, based on what? What do you say? Well, I do it with other customers as well. Well, maybe after a while you did so, or maybe the company yeah. is is known anyway. My company has no brand awareness. Are, are you sure you're going to create the same kind of amount of leads for my company? So if you have to question it yourself, they just don't understand, right? They try to uh, 
you know, what do you call that? Be be bullish about their own product and say, oh yeah, we can do it. No, I don't trust that. So companies that say it's gonna take time. We're first gonna see a few leads, we're gonna test the quality. Uh they have genuine interest in your in your company, yeah. Uh then I give yeah. it a shot. I give it a shot. And in terms of price, so where would you say cost per lead? What is what is good, what is bad? <laughs> um, Funny enough, I uh, so I used quite a few companies, and I think on average, uh, we paid somewhere between 150 and 200 dollars for almost all of them. Right, it, it's never far off that kind of price point, and I, I'm comfortable with that price point. Um, Agencies I work with, poof, you go 500, 1,500, 5,000 yeah. yeah. sometimes, right? Because they work off a budget. And crazy. They, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and uh, you never see them converting. I mean, I don't mind. Nobody, I would I would argue you should never mind paying, paying 10,000 10, euro for a lead if it converts <laughs> into an opportunity immediately. And it's, it's a 100,000 euro opportunity. Yeah, go for it. But unless you can make those calculations, you're not going to do it. So... Yeah, I think, you know, this is the price points I see, but I'm happy to, you know, it, it, it's more for my industry. So I, I, I wouldn't be able to say, oh, yeah, that's the kind of price you should pay. But I think it's it's a comfortable number. Uh, I work yeah. for, for a lead gen company myself. And, I, you know, I think these, these are probably fair price points. Yeah, absolutely. So now we have bought the leads. We have a great provider that we selected. How do we now integrate those purchased lead in an process in a strategy how do we how do we now convert them into sales yeah well there you go so uh, that's that's a question that uh, people often forget about so uh, once pipeline starts stalling or you see that all the efforts that your sellers are making are not leading to enough pipe and you decide to go for external had to buy external leads to uh, give a push to your to your pipeline um often the rush to do it is so high that they forget about aligning it with the sales process. And like I argued before, if you start yeah. working with an external lead gen company, uh, you really have to see a curiosity from their side to understand your sales process. Um, and if they don't, and you believe their stories that they will create an immense amount of leads and you just go for it, then the leads start pouring in and... Um, most of the times the, the, the sellers don't even know the kind of messaging that the customer received and how to follow up on these, right? They, they, what, what's the context on how they got in contact? Uh, and that, so you need to really fully understand the activities of the lead gen company that helps you out. And you need to align that with a proper playbook internally. It's, it's different from your existing playbook because it's, the lead is created in a different context, in a different way. So uh, just for example, uh, in, the, in the last company I worked for, I worked with three different uh, lead gen companies, one doing email, one doing LinkedIn, um, and the other, yeah, more like uh, being present there where they think they should be present. And that could be any kind of form of uh, presence where they find uh, propensity to buy. <laughs> so I'd say it's a mix because I also want, you know, you want to try out, you want to have different sources uh, because they will be of different quality, but also uh, of different times of, you know where where are people in their kind of thinking, etc. So uh, you need you need to make sure that this is that they all have different follow up playbooks within your sales teams uh, to make it to make it successful and make the choice: will the lead 
go to, to an SDR or straight UAE. Again, I would argue if the volume is somewhat lower, let's say any AE can take 10, 15 leads a week, right? I mean, easy, uh, like it's easy. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So and you, if you get more leads than that, it's, it's probably rubbish. It's just leads for volume mm-hmm. and not for quality. And uh, so I would, again, I would argue let, let AEs follow up. Uh, so your burn rate is low uh, and your potential conversion is high, but also heavy amount of, uh, of no's. So just not putting them in the sales cycle will be high enough to make sure you don't pollute your, your pipeline. Um, hopefully you have a CRM system that tracks uh, those leads differently than the ones that you create yourself. You can actually follow the conversion throughout your sales cycle. Well, you laugh about it, but believe me, there's many companies that only when they whatever, yeah. they, they, they grow to whatever, a couple of hundred sellers start thinking about these kind of simple things, right? Uh, can we actually track yeah. these different sources in our system? Usually the answer is no, they can't. They, they can roughly see it. Mm. But uh, I worked for a few companies where you could actually, from the SDR to the one lead, you would follow the lead completely throughout the system. Um, in my experience, for example, HubSpot does a better job than uh, Salesforce, for example, in this. And because HubSpot is, a, is, is was originally a marketing tool, they start at the marketing side, and then it's, it's just very easy to track a lead going through the whole system, where Salesforce is a sales tool, like a CRM. Uh, and then afterwards, they start mm-hmm. making things a marketing tool as well. And it's just so, so much harder. And, and most sales operations struggles just struggle with providing you the insights you know, which SDR burns more or less leads, which AE, you know, burns more or less leads. Uh, what are yeah. know, what are they doing with external created leads, et cetera? Because they just disappear in, in the pipe and it's whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of the HubSpot Salesforce discussion, I had uh, one in episode one um, with Manuel Hartmann and uh, he also said that he's a fan of HubSpot and Nowadays, you can even go to IPO with, with even HubSpot. And, uh, I think it depends on the complexity of your sales org. So if you have like a really, really complex sales org where you even like have so much data and so much niche processes, um, that you need to even somebody that codes those, those processes and you have so many of them, then I would, then I would recommend Salesforce. But if you have like an easy mid market org, and you're just selling some software product, and I think HubSpot for starting is enough. But yeah. you mentioned it, um, conversion, <laughs> uh, you named it, um, mm. would be my next question. So what metrics should I as a company track now to measure the success of my purchased leads? Well, as I said, you, know, you, you, you need to have a process in place in first, in the first place. Well, you need to have a process in first place, right? So you need to be able to, uh, to track a lead from start to, uh, to end and um, let's say there's a big discussion, maybe you already talked about it with other people, but there's a big discussion, should, for example, as always, should SDRs be part of uh, of marketing or part of sales? No, and that, that's that's the first start. If they're part of marketing, which is a good or a bad choice, I don't know, it doesn't really matter in my view, but um, uh, you have two different departments dealing with, you know, the conversion, and then often you see uh, that it doesn't really uh, track into the sales organization. Uh, so, um, what can I say? 
have a pro, you know, have the ability to to track those leads and follow follow up on a like well, yeah. on a weekly basis. Like I, it's, mm. it's just insane. I I go into companies where they do forecast calls and never never in the forecast calls take time to go through uh, the different conversions. Where I work mm. for companies where this was the almost like the main topic of the forecast. Um, it shows the difference in kind of of mindset of a of a company, right? If if you put this as a priority, so because it fuels your growth and um, you make it a real important part of of your sales calls, uh, so everybody knows what's happening, who is converting better, why are people converting better, right? Make, make sales operations responsible for that. Why? It's yeah, and not not anecdotal. Oh, he's a he's a he's a great seller, or he talks so nice, or whatever. No, what's what's the actual source of what's the reasoning behind it? And there's excellent tools for that to, to measure that, right? Um, I, I, I don't want to really mention any tools because there's pros and cons to, to all of them. <laughs> but uh, fi- fi- figure out why um, uh, some leads are converting better than others. Is it truly, is it the quality of the lead or is it the quality of the salesperson? Or mm-hmm. uh, is it, you know, uh, because the company is already far ahead in their decision cycle or are they already a fan of your product for one reason or the other? Uh, there's always different main reasons. And, and hardly ever, any company takes enough time to figure out why so you can actually use that information to um to benefit to make to benefit all sellers in your organization yeah so i would like to talk a bit numbers now um so hmm. you mentioned that starting at 150 euros you would say it's good um no. the lead price is good so what would be the con- a conversion rate where you as a sales leader would put a, a check mark behind it and um, not question any skills of the AE or the lead company where you would say, hey, I'm fine with it? Yeah, but I think uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not really the, the, the person to ask as in, uh, because it's a numbers game, right? Uh, yeah. th- th- this is where it's so helpful. Like, you know, it, I'm working with, uh, I've been working the past few months with several startups. Uh, I have, I'm in constant conversations with with startups, and they all ask me these these questions, right? You know, how how can I fuel my growth? We are now at five million turnover, or we have fifty million turnover, we make fifty in three yeah. years time. How am I going to do it? Uh, so there's a few things I would argue, and one of the I would not start a position where I've been asked to grow the company threefold over the next couple of years. Uh, if there's not a proper sales ops or rev ops person present, yeah. yeah. So, well, you say yes, and I agree with you. Uh, but a lot of companies say, well, I, we don't, we're not sure if we're ready to invest in that kind of position, or we're not. And I like, you know, before you, before you would invest in me, I would argue to invest in a proper sales ops person, right? Who's going to build all those processes for you? Who's going to drive intelligence into your organization? Huh? We go online, and if you see companies, we are a data-driven company. I have to find the first company that is truly data-driven because they're usually they're not <laughs> because they don't they simply don't it's have the true. people. They just it's simply true. don't have the people for it, right? So there is loads of data available, but what to do with it? Well, that's a different <laughs> that's a different topic, right? So I'm I'm I always are I always say you know, I'm just a simple seller, right? So if you ask me, I can I can do forecasts. I can help people to figure out opportunities or, or to drive you know. Uh, uh, how to you know figure out where to, where to uh, look for the right opportunities numbers in my view it's always simple calculation because you try something 
uh, let's say let's say you figure out that one in ten of your bought leads actually convert to an opportunity, uh, a close one opportunity, or maybe one in twenty. So it's fifteen hundred euro or it's three thousand euro to get one one opportunity, right? Then you need to then you need to know yeah. your average deal size. So let's say your average deal size in many SaaS companies around fifteen k. Okay, so it's fifteen k. So is it worth to pay three k for a fifteen k close average closed opportunity? I would probably argue yes, it is right. I would I would argue that if you're you know your gross margin to eighty percent, you can you you can go up, right? You can go to five thousand or seven thousand. If yeah, if, if if it's ARR, right? So if you close deals and you have your whatever a ninety percent retention rate, hey, you know it's going to mm-hmm. be revenue for for years to come. So the, the the actual acquisition cost is is is, is going down. If you don't use as expensive SDRs on top of that, it becomes even more interesting, right? So you need to understand the, your whole acquisition cost and people involved to say, you know, what is a good conversion number? Uh, I can't tell you, but I can tell you it's not super hard to figure it out because yeah. if, if you track them, and that's where it goes wrong with a lot of companies, they don't are not capable of truly tracking who touched what, Let's say it's a marketing created lead, but an SDR touched it. So the SDR department is waving, oh, but we want recognition for, for being part of the sales process, by body. And then you get all those mix-ups of who who is attributed to the creation of the lead or the lead comes from a partner, makes it even more difficult. Like a lot of CRMs are not capable of yeah. distinguishing a partner or direct lead. Then in the end, uh, it becomes chaos. So, hence, go back. What do you need? A super, 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 super smart Sales ops or revels person that helps you in creating intelligence in your sales acquisition process. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Johan. Uh, and if you need sales ops, RevOps person as an external service, feel free to reach out to me. Um, and <laughs> yeah, Johan, where can people find you if they have questions regarding tools or agencies? Um, I will just put your LinkedIn in the show notes. So yeah. um, that, that's the place. feel free to I'm, reach out I'm, to Johan. I'm always available on LinkedIn. Uh, I really enjoy helping companies uh, in any form or shape at the moment. Uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm open to work, which means that I, I'm uh, mainly working as a consultant at the moment, uh, helping out all kinds of startups. Uh, and um, especially internationally so happy happy to help any companies that uh, that look for growth absolutely thank you so much johan thanks so much alexander